Well, hello, everybody, and welcome to this episode of According to Alan. This is number 39, and a special 39 at the very least. We are we got a full house here. Uh, I'll, I'll introduce uh, the first person who's always here, Josh, my, my pain in my ass. Yes, here I am. <laughs> Thanks, buddy. And looking good, by the way, with your keto diet. Appreciate I want to give you a heads up on that. That's Appreciate awesome. ate it. And out of all the people here, you're the only one not drinking beers. The only one. Staying I got, true I have to your my, diet form. I have my water. <laughs> good. Spiked with vodka. Yeah. No, I can't have that either. Awesome. Just no no booze. It sucks. So no, no fun for you at all. Ever. No fun. No fun. And so I'll uh, I'll introduce the next person. Um, he was on episode number four of According to Alan. Um, he's the uh, proud partner and owner of G2 Construction. Nate, you want to say what's up to everybody in the yeah. podcast land? Yeah, what's up? Uh, from episode four, I'm coming in hot at 39. <laughs> good, good. Great dynamite. And then I will say that... <laughs> The next person I want to give a special shout out to, and Joe, uh, you are you really are. When we talk about the initial people that were on the local two one nine train, I can honestly say you were, and you were there for the graffiti art shoot that we did oh, yeah. when we oh, yeah. put out a call out, oh, yeah. and you were one of the few people that actually showed up. We had a lot of foot traffic that day, but you you were there braving the cold, checking that out. So Joe. And how do you say your last name? Is it Marinero? It's Marinero. Awesome. I didn't want to mess that up. <laughs> so Joe Marinero, thank you so much for coming. As I mean, you know, thank you for everything, man. Thanks for having me. Thanks yeah. for having me up here. It's beautiful. Up here. Great view. Yeah. What was your first? Uh, I wish you could have seen the. Well, we can always go back to my house and see that studio too. But what's your first kind of impressions of this? Oh, it's great. It's still a little bare bones, but you can see it's got heart and soul already, and you, you can't beat this. Is the best location there is. Awesome, man. Yeah, we love the, uh, the, I mean, we're the second story above Zombie Club, and, like, we've got a super uh, view of the courthouse, um, which I wanted to kind of throw that out there. Did you did uh, you get a chance to see the courthouse video we did? Amazing. I was, cool. just, I was telling people today, I said, they were up there, standing outside. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> the last time I looked online, I think it was at, let's see here, 8,500 views. Uh, it was shared 260 times, and it had over 200 likes. Wow. So it was That's crazy. Yeah, and that's and we had we, and that was um, I'm trying to think here. We we had it was about two minutes long, a minute forty five, which is yeah. one of the longest videos we've ever put out. And just the crazy to see the stories that people were putting in there oh, too yeah. is awesome on the post. So that one's blowing up as we speak, and it's been it's been kind of a crazy week. I know we I was going to kind of just throw out some stuff. Um, I don't know if you noticed. Did you see that we're doing weather now? No. No, you didn't see I didn't that. Know. I don't know about this weather. Thing. It's a big deal for us. Uh, so Matt Wentz, region guy. Okay. Um, he has a background. He was that Lakeshore Public Media well before I was. Oh, okay. Um, and he was the weather guy there. But since then, he's moved on to much greener pastures. And now he's the weather guy for an NBC affiliate in Cleveland. Oh, cool. And he has a Facebook page called Region Weather. And so we were on the phone. We had a conference call this week. And he's decided that every day he's going to do weather for local two and nine, and we've got graphics and everything. It's awesome. Oh, this is great. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So now we're actually a news source for something awesome. that's not negative. Awesome. You know, how uh, new is this? This was three days old. Oh, okay. So it's I'm, I've been off work this week, so I've been doing nothing but running around. And I've been seeing your stuff, dude. Yeah. You're everywhere right now. <laughs> yeah, all over the place. Um, but he, uh, I'm trying. I, I would, I would try to bring it up, but like our internet up here is horrible right now. But. Um, we, so he's been doing like the heat waves, then he's been posting. I think he posted three times today giving people updates cool. on what's going on. And he's got all the access to all like the super high-tech gear. It's 
cool. You know, earlier, two uh, Storm Chaser trucks came through. No way. Pickup trucks, because I noticed they had a thing spinning on the back of it. And the other one was like a super rugged truck with like bars all around it. Really cool. And it was some sort of weather Storm Chaser guys. No kidding. They were we going down it. 231. When we did a commercial for Crown Brewing about three or four months ago, there was two guys that were PAs on the set that someone else brought on. Both of those guys are Storm Chasers. Oh, cool. And from the Porter County side. So it's picking up, and people, I think with social media being so accessible to right. everybody, is that now everyone can kind of essentially be your own newsman. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You know, as long as you have to, if you want to go through the grind of building your audience, well, you can do it. I don't know about you guys, but when the storms are, uh, especially like the Kansas storms, the Oklahoma storms, I'll go and watch the online you know, live streams. That's crazy stuff. Oh, crazy oh, stuff. Yeah. Crazy stuff. I've been watching a lot of TV lately because of the baby. We haven't been able to chance to do a lot of streaming. So I'm always catching myself watching TV. I think yesterday was the uh, American Frontiersman oh. <laughs> on uh, Discovery Channel. Uh, so, but not to get too sidetracked on that. <laughs> but uh, the um, I wanted to throw out a, a couple more shout-outs before we just fire up here. We do have something special. I think we all put down our favorite beers of the area. So we'll have that list to kind of take touch on. But um, I wanted to give a shout-out to St. John Malt Brothers. Uh, Thursday, they hosted us uh, to give out a lot of shout-out for their food. And I don't know if you've eaten their food in, in, in a while. This is my first time being there for the expansion. Um, honestly, fire. And I, it, 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 was, it was incredible. So um, they had, we had chicken and waffles. The waffles in themselves was made out of corn. They had like 16 different ingredients in it. Jalapeno, bacon. It was incredible. Um, they had their own kind of like sauce on top of it. I think it was a queso. It was just ridiculous. Um, and then there was another sandwich. So we had pork nachos too, um, which were, you know, if you, pork nachos are pork nachos, right? But they had the Hoosiers cheesesteak. And this was 13-hour smoked brisket. Mm. It was put on like some kind of like bruschetta bun in a way. It was smoked gouda, not provolone like most of those sandwiches are. And it had tomato, green pepper, and mm. mushroom. Make me hungry, man. Fire. It was uh, with the au jus like, locked into it. It was Ooh. like you could barely pick it up. It was amazing. So their food menu is off the charts. Their, I know, the only reason why I know so much is their head chef, Jake, came out and gave us the 411 out of it all. Cool. That's cool. So it was incredible. Um, the beers we had, I think we had the Beard Slayer. I tried the Flavor 32. The, I've already had the Hesperidium. I know that's kind of like their staple from there. Um, but it was just awesome. So I don't know if anybody gets a chance to do that, but we'll be... We've been doing the Pub and Grub, which our intern Slater has been putting together, <laughs> and it's it's really cool, and so look out for those pictures coming out in the next couple weeks on our Craft Beer channel. And Joe is actually an executive board member on our Craft Beer, <laughs> non-organized, non non-for-sure right now, but it's for, uh, we've, he's been asked, he said, sure, but we haven't met. I'm here looking for my office. <laughs> it's that one right by the, the kitchen. Josh, you're out. Oh, no. You're out. Uh, and I really wanted to kind of thank everybody too on top of this because this has been a crazy experience and we've been doing this, I'd say strong for like seven months now. And we just crossed the 3,500 Instagram follower mark, which is awesome. And I, we're on the cusp of 3000 Facebook fans. Yeah. So, uh, I know it's not a lot in the grand scheme of things, but for us, it's everything and the, the exponential growth. Is it's more engaged people too. It's not just people that just click the like button. There are people that are actually looking at it. That's true. That's 100% true. And we've not, we've not bought one like, not one follower. And we've been really kind of hoping the content speaks for itself. 
and and I think we're on we're on I think we're on the cusp of doing some really cool things with the niche channels in particular. The beer one's already been amazing. Our shower beer Saturday yesterday we had Aaron. Uh, our first female shower yeah, beer Saturday, was which was awesome. Yeah, so and then Nate, your wife said she's in for next week, yeah, yeah. so I'm gonna hold her to that. Yeah, yeah. I'm gonna hold her to that. And so all the women out there, feel free, uh, keep it modest. Of course, I don't think Instagram you can even put nipples on that anyway, so you will get <laughs> shut down. Uh, but keep it modest, and then um, we'll keep it growing with everything else. But um, that's all I have, I think, to talk about. Well, we went to this, we were at Off Square today. Yes. We were all at Off Square today. Off Square. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And uh, Dave and Rod, those guys are awesome and saw the whole crew. And uh, our buddy, uh, Robert Rolf Fetterson, was bringing the house down. Yeah, absolutely. As always. I Damn it, I forgot to rip off that concert poster off the window. Mm. Oh. Damn it. I did take a picture of it, though. Son that's of a not, bitch. That's not the same, though. I know. I got to go. I'll go back and grab it. But um, so off square, I'm letting you know I am about to uh, graffiti or rip down something <laughs> that, of your property, and I'm publicly declaring it's, it's that it's probably still up. You have time to run over there and grab it. You're right. What time do they close? I have no idea. Nine, mm. ten, eleven. I, I always know. leave at nine because no one under twenty one's, and I always have. One oh, you got the kids with you. Yeah. So I was going to talk to you, Joe. I know we before we dive in this list. So you have. From a beer side of things, for sure. I mean, you have your roots really heavily into the uh, early on influence of the of this industry. Oh, absolutely. I've been a beer guy since a teenager. I lived in Germany uh, in my late teens and early 20s in the Air Force, and it was all beer all the time. And uh, come back here by the mid-90s, used to go to uh, the U.S. Beer Company in Lincoln Park, and they had about 100 beer bottles, different beer bottles, and we would write down little notes about it and... Uh, early online message boards for beer that came out, bulletin boards and stuff. You would start to trade with people, so we were trading beers. All you could get was Goose Island. That was really the only beer you could really get that was local. And then uh, Nick started Three Floyds. I was there mm, six, seven months after they first started brewing at the Hammond location and got to know them real well. Which is crazy because that's the, I mean, not to compare us to Three Floyds, but that, I mean, from a growth side of things as a business guy, that's the exact same moment we're at right now with us. Right. Which is crazy to actually, that's early. Oh, yeah. Very I, early. I'm, I'm hoping for us, but I mean, that's early oh, yeah. on, right? Right. That's crazy. And then, then when they moved over to the Munster location and got to know everybody there, and it was, it was a small family there. Every Saturday you'd go there, drink some beers, whatever they were brewing was brand new, everything was new. Um, I used to sit, they had an office complex there. It was an old office building. Where the bar is now, there were cubicles. And I remember sitting there with Nick and his dad and saying, uh, what, are, what are you going to do with this place? And we're like, well, this is going to be the kitchen. This is going to be the bar. And I was like, come on. No one's really ever going to come back here in this weird little area to drink beer. No matter how good your beer is, no one's ever going to come back here. I love here. it. Yeah. So don't take any business advice from me. <laughs> That's awesome. And so you see it there, and you told a great story off the air about your relationship with them in particular and how seeing them grow, and I guess we see them today as like the college campus coming and Dark Lord Day is a massive thing. But what was it more like in that time period? In that time, I can remember the first batch of Dark Lord. It was $15 for a growler, and we took a bunch of growlers home and had some local beer people come over, and then the following weekend... We had some beer people travel from Michigan, and um, a couple of people from Illinois came. And that beer, we gave them the Growlers. And the Growlers kind of made their way across the United States really quickly. And by the next batch they made the next year, there was a few hundred people there at the brewery. And that's really probably the quote-unquote first Dark Lord Day. 
and it was around the ratebeer.com people. They had a summer gathering, so they had it in Chicago, but there was only a couple breweries, really, to go to. We can go to Goose Island. You can go to uh, the one at the train station. Flossmore. Yeah, home with Flossmore. And Three Floyds. That was about it. Crazy, because it's funny you say that, because nowadays, um, especially after we've been doing the brewery tour every weekend, right. you know, um, it was like around the de- Dark Lord Day this year, it was like Byway was doing something special. Windmill was doing something special. It was like every brewery in like within 10 miles right. was doing something special. But at that time, there was, a, what, a tenth of the amount of breweries as there is now? Oh, absolutely. And I remember maybe the third official Dark Lord Day, I was in charge of checking people's driver's licenses. Before Did you have they, to put the band on? Before they got their beer? No, this was way before. This oh. was just stand in line in front of the garage. The band's playing right behind me. Let me see your ID. Get your money ready. There they are right there. And I remember having to tell people um, they're out of beer. And there was still, you know, three, 400 people in line. No way. Yeah. No way. And that's how it went for the first few years. It was chaos. So from an outsider, it looks like they've always done like a created... Um, if it's supply and demand, right? They've always almost seemed to like almost Absolutely. always have a low supply. Absolutely. And is that by design or is that just by manifest destiny and that's just the way it all kind of worked because they couldn't keep up with like the demand? In the early days, you couldn't. I remember when Cenotaph became zombie dust and then they bottled it and you would have to be there the day they released it at the brewery because it'd be gone. This was, they, I don't even think they were, I don't know, but I don't think they were making enough to really ship out to distributors the first few batches, you just went to the brewery. There'd be a line when they opened to buy the stuff. Zombie Dust was one of those ones that was a hit from day one. It was just gone. You couldn't get it. Wow. It's still, I almost now, when I see it, it's everywhere now, but I still am in the habit of, oh my gosh, Zombie Dust, and you still grab it. Me too. You still grab it. Me too. You still grab it because it's like, it's so used to not being able to find it. It's so funny to say it. Thursday, we were at Tavern on Main. We went there for lunch. And I'm looking, I look at the 18th Street, and I think it was like, uh, what was up there? Dozer. I'm like, oh, okay, I'll take a dozer. And then uh, the guy I was with was like, uh, I think it was Matt. And he was like, I'll take the, uh, what three, do you have, what three floats do you have on? They're like, uh, I got the zombie dust. I'm like, well, I'm taking that. Right. Without even thinking about how like available it's right. been. But to see it on tap is just rare. Right. Yeah, yeah. You know? Yeah. So fascinating. And so from a backside of things, like Nate and I, so to give you a little bit of bring you in this conversation a little bit. Um, we start. We started brewing around 2011, 12 together. Yeah, I'd say definitely somewhere in there. Yeah. Yeah, and so we were going to the beer fest. We were being fans, and so we have our own perception of it. But um, from your perspective, Joe, where like what's what's your like now looking back at it the last fifteen years? What's your perception of how the beer industry has kind of developed in this area? In this area, it blew up so fast, it seemed like there was 15 breweries right away. There was none, and then there was a couple, and then there was 15. And now, to see people making good beer, that was the first thing. Oh, there's another brewery open, there's another brewery open. Is it going to be, you know, subpar? But everyone seems to be making good beer. And that's, you know, a surprise to me. I thought, well, some of these places would open, they would close, they wouldn't make it. Mm -hmm. Because you really have to have some some demand for your product. Yep. Well, I was thinking about um, when we talked. We were back in the in the podcast studio, and we were talking about how that Bruiser's podcast is going to stay up, and how I look at it more of like a documentation of it. 
essentially I would always love to write a book about it because especially this area because you have your initial people but then you have that second phase of people that just popped up you know that oh, yeah. were like all right we're going to try to do this and then there's that third phase who thought they were improving the second phase right but now you're on almost that fourth phase of like byway and off square who right. has the complete hindsight of what everybody was doing and then making these almost beer cathedrals oh for sure i remember you know? when windmill first opened i stopped in there oh, it's a little place and i'm like what's the story in this place and i think the story was these guys went to a dark lord day someone invited them to a dark lord day and they're like wow we could do this and when I heard that, I'm like, oh, no, that's here we go. Yeah, that's not yeah. these aren't even beer people. These are people that are business people. But they got into it. The first beers I wasn't a huge fan of a year later. Their beers are incredible. They put out some really good stuff. I would agree with that. Yeah, oh, yeah. Definitely well, the, the memes well. and the, the whole memes line that they've put out has really put them on the map yeah. for this area in particular. And I'm guessing at least I know they're I, I think they're doing distribution at this point. I think that's at least going to be from there. I haven't I don't know if I've seen anything in liquor stores yet. Uh, I've seen it. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Cool. Crown Point for sure. I've stopped there quite a few times, grabbed a six pack or a four pack. And their stuff disappears quick. Goes quick and they Goes have a quick. line out the door too. Because right. I'll stop on a Saturday afternoon after I get off work and see something that they released on Friday and they'll just be a couple cases left crazy well i know we have the windmill i think it's i'm not i'm not sure what birthday party it is but it's august 11th i think it's their three or four year that's been that long already yeah it's wild (laughs) and it's funny you say that you know what though i think i can give that criticism to almost every brewery and you can almost tell which ones made the jump from home brewer to brewery right and the reason why is because that is such a change in equipment Oh yeah. That they're take there's going to be a little bit of just, you know, figuring things out. There's going to be just because um I know we when we made the jump, when we tried to make the jump from the box stuff to the all grain, that was one. Mm-hmm. And then there was another jump between all grain and these major manufacturing equipment, these 3, 5, 7, 9 barrel mm-hmm. systems that you're just oh. not ready for. You know. Yeah, it's it's a, it's a definitely a jump and you like you got to be prepared and be prepared to spend a lot of money too you know it's well, not it's, yeah every phase has its own investment yeah, yeah. right and so you see how many people come in at, at different levels like i don't know how true the story is about the windmill guys meeting at a dark lord day and thinking we could do this not being huge beer fans or someone like dave at off square you know i've been in contact with him for years and years just through the local beer scene really he's always been part of the beer scene cool. he's just one of those guys that's always on your facebook you know, you know him from here. You've seen him at Three Floyds back in the day. You see him here and there. Well, I'm going to ask you to talk a little bit more about that. How has social media changed the game from a brewing side of things? Ooh, big. Because uh, I, mine goes back all the way to MySpace, to where being on MySpace, I was on a kickball team in the city for Three Floyds. <laughs> nice. And it was like people would see that and they say, oh, wait a minute, that's the brewery. I need this Alpha King. Send me a Dreadnought. And it was there was already beer trading go along going on, on MySpace. Um, some of, of course, Rape Beer started. I think two thousand three, uh, Joe Tucker started that out of California, and it blew up to huge parties. You know, we could, I could travel anywhere in the United States and stay at someone's house that I just knew from online. No We're trading way. beer constantly, trading beer. I still we still have groups on Facebook that are old rape beer guys that aren't really into the beer anymore we just talk about food or we talk about what's going on in our lives i mean i have lifelong friends that i've known just from beer just from online stuff that's crazy i i could i do my only real experience from it is when we started this it was like you know you're just hoping people uh check it out 
and that you get through it. And then as the, every day goes on, we're meeting somebody in the public that I only knew from online. The 219 Beer Group, the Facebook group, was really needed because there was some splintering of some old beer groups. And some of the other beer groups that I was a part of started getting bigger areas where it wasn't just 219 anymore. Yeah, there was other people like Chicago, and then it would branch off from there. Mm. And then you didn't even know anybody that was posting beer. Or it was a lot of new people that didn't know what they were posting. And, sure. You know, a lot of talking back and putting stuff down. It got Some of those get pretty disrespectful. Yeah. Mm. So the, keeping it a local group, you know, that group came along. And it's funny because I see the names. I know some of the people. A lot of them I just know them by the name. Just Cool. You know, I see cool. them say, oh, there he is. He's drinking that again. Yeah. <laughs> Well, the local 219 Craft Beer account that you're talking about is something that was birthed out of... Um, the reason why I wanted to create it was because the local 219 umbrella was getting too saturated with craft beer right. posts in general. And I didn't want to alienate everybody with my interests. Right. And so I essentially... Because the local 219 thing is supposed to be meant to be communal. And so when we started the craft beer side of it, it was like, well... We've got a ton of contacts with the breweries. And if you go to that, that page, if you look at who's like, I don't even know if you can look at it, honestly, of who are the list of people who are, are members of the page. But I think it's practically most of the owners of breweries or people who work at breweries in this area and people who are really into bre like oh, brewing. Yeah. So it's, it's a really great list to be a part of. Um, and I think we're around 400 people in that, but all 400 are active into it. Um, and it's incredible. And we'll, we'll start to kind of expand into like the food and like the four women, one which I was talking to you about. But one of the things I love about it is um, being a small business owner as I am and knowing they're small business owners is that I love that we can operate as like one of their like a marketing source for them. Oh, yeah. Which like the newspaper, like they try to do that stuff the Times um, and other places try to do it. But like to really be on the inside and kind of being able to create this video content around that stuff and like getting people excited about it. I think that was it. Was like, not uh, trust me. I, I, I'm not saying like anything other than we're just providing a service to get more exposure for them. Does oh, that make sense? Oh, yeah. yeah. And so it's been it's been awesome. And we were at Pints in the Park yesterday. That was a cool uh, fest. I've never been to that. Mm -hmm. um, and just being able to kind of see. And one of the reasons why we got we got so like addicted to the beer industry when we when Nate and I first started brewing was how communal it was. Oh, for sure. Like even today at Off Square, it was like you saw Steve Howe from Howe Farms. Right. You saw Robin Carey, you know, and she doesn't. Like, she's like the grandmother of all breweries at this point. <laughs> yeah. She's everywhere, yeah. Yeah. you know. And Bob Fetterson's a big proponent of craft beer. It's just an awesome kind of get together, right. you know. So I guess other than that, um, we probably should get into the list. You think? Sure. Do it. Yeah. Sure. Josh. <laughs> I just said like three words. Okay. <laughs> get in it. Yeah. Um, That's all right. There'll okay. be more of me. Fear not. So we started <laughs> off with this list as pretty much, let's just pick out our top favorite beers of the area. Right? So it's got to be located in the 219, the brewery. Mm -hmm. And uh, we all came up with our own list. I'm sure we have our own reasons. So what we'll do is, before we start the list, explain how your mentality was when you crafted it. And then we'll just go straight down. Cool. If there's any honorable mentions, mention them. Who wants to... I think you should start, Josh. I'm going to You said the off. least. You said the least. <laughs> and you're, you're, the, I'm also you're the youngest. I'm also the least experienced in the craft beer scene out of everybody in this room, too. So, Joe, have you ever eaten a hop before? It's a yes. rite of passage, yes. right? I made Josh eat a hop at Crown <laughs> Brewing. I did it. I did <laughs> and it. He did it. How awesome. long did it last in your mouth? I still taste it. <laughs> 
Well, that was a good hop then. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, so he do, you at least have that rite of passage for brewing. I do, I do. Um, so I think you should start. Tell okay. me your top so, five and why you why you put that list together. I um, I just picked five beers that I liked from uh, actually four different places. One brewery's got two on my list, but. Um, so these are just beers you've had and you've enjoyed. Yeah, that was my mindset when I made this. Okay. So it's pretty straightforward, simple. Okay, go for it, buddy. Um, what's cool about it, though, is they're not all like IPAs or they're all different styles of beer, which is kind of interesting. That is interesting for you. Yeah. So the first one was, uh, you probably guess it, What's in the Box? Yep, that was a great one. Yeah, that was 18th Street and a collaboration with Beer Geeks. Beer Geeks. If I got that right. Jason's awesome. Cool. And that was a white stout. White stout. White that, stout. That I didn't know. Which I is my favorite was. style that hasn't gotten popular yet. <laughs> it's coming. It's coming, yeah, yeah. I loved like the cinnamon aftertaste that that beer had. Oh, yeah. It was fantastic. Uh, the next one is a triple milkshake IPA called Requiem for a Meme. From Windmill. Mm, nice. I like that one a lot. Solid. That one's good. Uh, the next one's a, a Milk Stout, a Mad Cow from Windmill. That was Double Windmill. Wow. Or wow. Not, oh, I'm sorry, Wild Rose. Wild Rose. Okay. Wild Rose has got the Mad so Cow. So Wild Rose is on the list. Yeah. I'm sure it has nothing to do with that sticker that's on the top of your notebook right now. <laughs> I didn't even realize. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't even realize I had a Wild Rose sticker on there. That's funny. Dave and Kevin, you got him. He's locked in now. Yep, yep. Uh, one of them is an old favorite of mine, uh, Gumball Head. Okay. Three Floyds. And then uh, 18th Street made the list twice, uh, Rise of Angels. Oh, yeah. Cool. Cool. That's a great beer, too. Awesome. Any, cool. any, any, uh, any thoughts on Josh's list? It's a good list. Good list? Solid beer list. Solid. For a rookie, you would never imagine it. Like, <laughs> I mean, you're pretty into that. That's good. Yeah. I've kind of been thrown into the, to the sur- I, I enjoy it, though. Yeah. I love it. Well, someone's got to drink all the beer at these shoots. Yeah, jeez. <laughs> Natron. All right. So Go for it, buddy. It's, uh, so my number one is uh, Deal with the Devil. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Explain the list. Nate, okay, you're the uh, worst at this. Oh, I know. I know. I know. Explain <laughs> the list. Why did you put this list together? So so my list is uh, is basically a lot of 18th Street because that's my favorite brewery. <laughs> and, uh, and, and me and Alan, actually, that's how we got started on uh, our craft brewing experience. So... Uh, I was I was definitely uh, influenced by them extremely, and I wanted to put them in the list. And actually, they're in my list three times. <laughs> Nothing <laughs> wrong with that. <laughs> so um, it, it, here we go. I guess I, is, is that good enough? <laughs> That's great. That's Should a great That's good. That's good. That's good. Yeah, okay. Okay. good buddy. So uh, number. <laughs> <laughs> Number one. Number one. Are, all the que- is there, are these in order from one to five? From, well, yeah, from yeah, best top, to worst. Top five. Top five. Because mine were not. I just oh. I just picked five well, that I liked. Okay, well that's you. That's you being you. Well, yeah. I mean, I mean, there's five that I, love. I just want to make five sure that people are so. Mine are not in numerical order either. Okay. They're just in the five. Sure. So uh, my number one would be deal with the devil. Uh, that's what me and Alan got started on. So yeah. that was like a favorite. We went to uh, the. Lake uh, County, uh, <laughs> Lake County Fairgrounds for the Crown Beer Fest. For the Crown Beer Fest, yeah, yeah. Yep. That was like and 2013 that, or 14. It was early on, definitely something in, in the beginning, uh, yeah. And that's how uh, we got started on that one. And then uh, me and Alan ended up uh, going to Burnham like a year later and finding out about all about Burnham and loving their beers. And uh, so I wanted to throw a shout out to them. 
I love uh, my number two comes in Troll Serum mm. from Burnham. That's a good beer. I, I really like that. Um, <clears throat> number three is another 18th Street. Because uh, I've actually been to Girl and the Goat in Chicago. Yeah. And he did a collab with her. And it's called Fox and the Goat. And it's uh, from 18th Street. And it's a great collab. It's a... Uh, I don't know if I want to say farmhouse ale, um, but it's it's a delicious beer, and they they I think they've been doing it for a couple of years now. So yeah. it's a it's a great beer. I love it. And uh, <laughs> number four now is again 18th Street. <laughs> uh, uh, I feel like I'm just talking over and over again, but uh, it, Chasing Paper was a good one that they came out with. That was a good yeah, beer. Sneaky beer. Sneaky, Sneaky good, good beer. Yeah. Um, 18th Street again, just a really, really great beer. Uh, I didn't expect to like it a lot. I just ran up there on a random. I was working out there during the week, and I stopped by. I'm like, what do you got? And they said, oh, here, try this Chasing Paper. Is a, I think it was a double dry hopped IPA, or double dry hopped, and I was like, yeah, let's go with that. And I fell in love with it. I hope they brew it again. I don't know. I think it might have been just a one-time deal, but it was great. And then my number five comes in with uh, Crown Brewing. Um, it's my hometown. I walk up to the square a lot, so um, I I really love their tadpole. I see. I correct, confuse correct this me, all the time. Correct me if I'm wrong because I confuse it a lot too. But I think it's the tadpole tree frog. So no, that's two different is beers. That, is two that two different, different beers? beers? Yeah. Okay. The tadpole's, the tadpole's one tadpole's beer. On now. Yeah, the tree frog is the more rare one, and when I saw Joe's list, I realized I wrote down tadpole wrong too, and I meant tree frog. Oh, <laughs> so I was already, I already okay, saw that. Okay, so I appreciate you guys. <laughs> this is good because we're in a we're in a group here. Yeah, yeah, we're yeah, in the yeah. nest. We're yeah, in the yeah, nest. yeah. We're in the trees. So. That tree frog beer though is super underrated. Oh, yeah. yeah, that lactose IPA. The lactose, unbelievable, that's, and that's, that's the first one I've had like that. Yep. That's what I love about it. It's like it was the first one I've seen that has lactose, and I was like. I'm all about that, and I get growlers constantly when it comes in. So that's my number five, and I love it. So send it over to Al. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> Fire it over to me now. I'll take the ball. Um, so my list was a little bit different. I, I think I want to go. Can you go back through your list real quick? Oh, yeah, I want to no, talk no, a little no, bit more no, about no, it. Go ahead. Keep going. What you're saying. Okay. Go, go back down the list. Oh, so you want me to go? Yeah, just, just say your list real quick again. So, so number one is Deal with the Devil, uh-huh. 18th Street. Which which is on my list as well. Okay. Two is Troll Serum from Burnham. Mm-hmm. Uh, three is Fox and the Goat from 18th Street. Great beer. Uh, four is Chasing Paper, 18th Street. And then five is Tree Frog, Crown, uh, Crown Brewing. Okay, I was just surprised because Philip Seymour Hotman did not make that list. Oh, man. Oh, <laughs> that, that was our beer. That was our beer. That we yeah, made up. Yeah. And yeah. so... Uh, yeah, but I guess I should have threw that in there, even though we weren't, have. we weren't named on there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. We were never official. We, we were, were underground. never official, but... That was one of our favorite things, Joe, was making the names for our beers. That's and, great. And That's so, a great name. Uh, we, we started off with Samuel Ale Jackson. Mm-hmm. Didn't realize we ripped off Chappelle. <laughs> so like, we decided to like go away from that one. Then it was Philip Seymour Hotman, mm-hmm. and then it was uh, the Hunger Grains. Yes. That's when the Hunger Games was a nice. big deal at the time. And then Beverly Hills Hop. Yeah. So we were just playing on everything. Those are good. Yeah. It was, yeah. It was fun making you, names. Yeah. So it's not on my list, but I was going to throw out one more 18th Street that I really enjoyed, That uh, I, especially the label on, but The Devil in the Rye. 
yeah. Oh yeah, I forgot about that. That was yeah, a great was beer. Great. That was a great yeah, beer. Yeah, and they I don't think I've seen that in in a few years. So no, me neither. Would, it'd be awesome if he'd bring it back. So if he's listening. Bring it, it back. Work, bring, bring it back, back buddy. <laughs> bring it back. <laughs> so I'll let Joe go last and sees the he, he, he you are the godfather of yeah. the beer industry yeah. here. Make me feel old. <laughs> <laughs> well, you're you're at least one day older than me, so that gives you that right. At least. <laughs> um, so I I designed I designed my list on um, what the initial beer was that got me into that brewery and got me into that style of beer. Okay, so it's not about all the right. best of all time for me. It's just that. So I'll start off. Deal with the devil for sure was my my introduction to 18th Street. The same exact story. Crown Beer Fest. Um, I remember running into Burt Pass in the line there, and he was like, "You got to check out 18th Street. They are phenomenal. They're new. No one's going to really know about them." Bert and it knows. was, yep, he knows, man. Trust Burt. Yep. And so we ran right over to there, and we yep. never left it. Yeah, essentially. That, I think we went back a couple two <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. after them. We're like, "This is the best beer ever." And I've seen it probably four times since yeah. in distribution. Yeah. It ha- doesn't come around very often. When it does, we run there and buy as much as we can, mm-hmm. and then treat it like it's gold. Yep. Yep. Um, I was going to bring in and another Burt Pass introduction to was my first time through uh, my mid-20s at this point. Um, I was at a party across the street from my parents. Burt was there, and he brought over a six-pack of gumball head, and it was my first real introduction to what good craft beer is. And so uh, I had to throw that on the list, even though Floyd's and those are all like, you know, you, it's like HBO. It's like there's never a bad show. <laughs> you know, it's just never so a bad show. It's like yeah. it's like Wade Boggs are hitting 300 on everything. You know? <laughs> um, just always contact. And then so I did put the tree frog on there from Crown Brewing. For me, it was like the first one that was just that that lactose brewer that I never I haven't had, and I and now it's kind of more consistent, especially in the milkshake stuff. I mean. I think that was kind of like uh, you know a precedent for the whole craze, um, which I know we talked about. I don't know if any of us are really crazy about, um, but it's a good way to get people introduced into the industry. So for that, I'm all for it, including the ghost. I'm not a big ghost fan either, but I love sours. And I don't know. I mean, there's, there's enough of a difference. I'm not a huge Saison guy either, but maybe that's because I'm not a big fruit guy. I don't know. Um, but no, so this is all subjective, man. right? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. And so um the fourth one I threw in there again because it was just so unique and this is what I think this brewery gets credit for all the time is the cream corn burnham. Oh yeah. That was my first thing I saw from them and it's just like what is this corn and beer makes no sense and you chased it and it's exactly what you think it is but it's good and it's beer and then you see the cucumber ones and then you see we had one time you and i went to burnham and it was literally a uh what is that what do they call it a a supreme pizza and it had tomatoes and green peppers in it it was (laughs) like what is happening but it's awesome yeah they went to the farmer's market grabbed whatever they had at the farmer's market and threw it in their brew it was amazing and and yeah we, we we tried it and it tastes like the supreme pizza it, was, it, it was literally super, did and yeah. the green and the green pepper was in the aftertaste oh, yeah. hardcore yeah, it's awesome. crazy and then joshy you were sharing another one i think it was my my first jump into what's in the box uh for the white stout stuff mm. because i think that that is such an underrated style of beer right now that it's it's almost like crazy that not more people are drinking it 
I know Byway just did a release with Docs this week that was for a white stout that I didn't get a chance to go there. And there was no way of saving it because it's in a keg. Right. So I either had to go there or it was run out. Um, I did have a little bit of a... Um, what's, what's the word for it? A, what was it? The, the people that didn't make it but made it, what's it called? I said it earlier on. Um, uh, runner-ups. Runner-ups. <laughs> I had some runner-ups. Runner-ups. So uh, I, I've been to Zorn recently, mm-hmm. and their Red Devil IPA yeah, yeah, yeah. I was gonna, is I was gonna fire. Say that That's, I love oh. that beer. Um, it's got like a little grapefruit kind of taste to it. It's crazy. Uh, really good beer. Um, one that I really enjoy from Byway in particular just because of how drinkable it is. And, you know, some of these beers, is like you don't want to have 20 of them. You, but this is one I can have 20 of. And that's that Shy PA they have on, on tap there. I love that beer. It's the most drinkable craft beer I've had in my life, I think. And then um, I wanted to give a shout-out to Devil's Trumpet with the Heaven's Court beer um, because mm. that was my first time. Like, I, as much as I appreciate Dark Lord, it takes an experienced drinker to understand what that really is and what that means. And I would say that my taste for beer has just now about in the last three years really understood it. And I think that because maybe I haven't had Dark Lord as much, I've really appreciated the Heaven's Court style. So that's where I would put my list. Awesome. And I see a couple on yours that I would love to definitely see. What I did with my list was I thought the breweries that I go to or if I'm visiting a brewery, if I could have a beer that I really love from them on tap that I know is probably never going to be on tap again. That's my list. So 18th Street, they had a cinnamon vanilla hunter oh on a few years ago. That Christmas, almost sounds like a precursor to the uh, what's in the box. Christmas 2017, I believe. And the cinnamon was up front everywhere in that beer, and it was so good. Mm, that was oh, amazing. Mm. Um, Great label, too. Oh, yeah. Great label. Oh, yeah. Devil's Trumpet, this was even further back. This might have been 2015 or so. They had a beer called Octopus People, and it was a sea salt and peach beer i think it was wild fermented and it was funky it was sour uh-huh. it's salty it was amazing <laughs> it was amazing and the people i was with wow. they were like i don't want this i can't drink this but i loved it i loved that beer it was a, obviously a one-off kind of thing i don't think it, i might have been the only one that liked it i don't know <laughs> that's awesome but it was though, really that good it was really so cool. bizarre it was a salty peach yeah Really refreshing. It was good. Unbelievable. Wow. The Crown North Pole ta- or North Pole Tree Frog. Yeah, the lactose that's IPA. It. That's it. They should have that always on tap. Yeah, for sure. Um, the Three Floyds Live a Rich Life. I believe they're making it all the time now. That's the Belgian Double IPA. That's oh, a man. delicious beer. That's a delicious beer. I Belgian beer. You know, that's one of those introductory things to beer. Um, back in the day, we drink a lot of Belgian beer, and I kind of burnt myself out on it. So even a lot of the Belgian IPAs that have come out over the last 10 or 15 years, I'm not a big fan of. But that is an incredible one of the best beers I think they've ever brewed. Hmm. Wow. And uh, Off Square, the Tropic Thunder, I believe it just came back on tap this week, and I hope it's always on tap there. That is amazing. It's a pineapple IPA, and it's so mm. refreshing. It was so hot today. Went in there, had one of those. Amazing. No kidding. And uh, you guys mentioned the Cuke Nukem from Burnham, the yeah. Cucumber IPA. Oh, yeah. yeah. I had that at uh, one of the, the Valpo Tomato Bar maybe last year. That's a great beer. I do love cucumber yeah. and beer. Uh, there's a few of them that have been out, some cucumber saisons over the last few years, but that IPA was amazing. It sounds weird, but it was so good. 
Yeah, it's amazing how they do such a good job of incorporating the vegetable into the mm-hmm. beer, and it makes a real, like, definitive taste oh, inside yeah. of it that's, like, incredible. That's another a thirst quencher. That mm-hmm. cucumber just, I don't know, just... And it had the cucumber rindish dryness at the end, too, which was which was really good. They did a great job with that beer. I've only seen it that one time. And rye is a tough grain to, to maneuver with. Oh, yeah. It really mm-hmm. is. But that's an awesome list. And then I just wanted to mention my favorite beer of all time, without a doubt, is Dreadnought from Three Floyds. Really? 20, that's it. Uh, 20 years on. You know, it, it's gone through changes over the years with the way, you know, hops change over time. But it's always, just always the best. So what kind of beer uh, is that? I don't even know if I've had it. It's a double IPA. I've, I've had it. It was one of the first, yeah. quote unquote, imperial IPAs. Mm. It's 20 years old now. No I've been it for 20 years. Um, I did, oh, it must have been... Early 2000s, they had some um, cast conditioned dreadnought, which was absolutely the best beer I've ever had. Wow. It was a long night. (laughs) (laughs) We've all had them. And there's nothing worse than a craft beer hangover. No. (laughs) That is the truth. I'm sure there's probably worse ones, but man, they'll seem to sneak up on you. Oh, the craft beer hangovers, yeah. That'll get me for at least 48 hours. And the farts, too. (laughs) <laughs> good. <laughs> good. I'm oh, sorry, I didn't. I, I don't know if that's like we should mention that or not. Oh no, we're good. Okay. All right. Well, I think that's a good place to probably end. Yeah. Right. And, and what, what are we at minutes wise? Uh, Forty-one. Perfect. Now um, I'm thirsty. And oh, we got more. <laughs> <laughs> I think we have. Uh, we were drinking pink cowbell for most of this uh, podcast. Oh, yeah. I know we have the the hard day IPA to still drink. Yep. Um, a couple of so pretties in there. Joe, any advice for a new a new father? A new father, just do as much as you can. That's always been my thing. Try to get out and do as much as you can. Um, my son, Leo, ever since he was little, has been going to breweries with me. A lot of people know him at the breweries, so kid-friendly breweries are the only ones I really go to anymore. Okay, cool. Cool. Awesome. Right now, I'm still in the weeds. Yeah. We're a month in. Oh, yeah. Uh, I, I tried. I, I, I know these guys have heard it earlier today, but I, I, it really was the first way I was able to articulate what it's been like so far. And it's been like trying out for a team on a sport that I've never played at. Oh, right, right. So it's like, you know, you get into you get into practice and it's like, okay, this practice, all right, we're going to do a little running, not a big deal. Next thing you know, you're like, oh my God, I'm going to puke. Oh, I thought, and, you, I uh, thought you were talking about uh, being a dad with beer uh, advice. Oh, oh, no, no, I meant like dad, dad advice, advice in general. Dad advice, yeah. You'll sleep someday. Okay, good to, sleep someday. good to know. Someday. Someday they'll take naps. Yeah. Someday they'll just want to hang out. So. Okay, good But enough. for the next year or two, forget it. Gotcha, yeah. Because yeah. right now it's brutal. Yeah. It's, oh, yeah. it's tough. It's one of the toughest things I've ever done. And oh, yeah. I mean, this for my, I'm, I'm, I might be my child. Uh, it could be, every, you know, everyone else's experiences are different. Every kid is different, right? But it's oh, yeah. been insane. So. <laughs> well, you got, you got some uh, clear skies ahead of you. So. Good. It only gets uphill, right? Yeah. Or downhill. Uh, yeah, uphill well, wouldn't be yeah, bad. Yeah, uphill would be bad. Yeah, yeah. so, yeah, downhill, so. All right, so, uh, Nate, thanks for coming out. Is there any way, uh, anywhere people can check in with you? Oh, yeah, yeah. We're on Facebook, uh, G2 Concrete. Um, check us out. And uh, Could you get a freaking Instagram account for crying out loud? I, I don't know how many times you got to have this conversation. I'll get one. I'll get one soon <laughs> okay. enough. Okay. I'll, I'll, I'll be on, on uh, episode... Uh, uh, 70 and yeah nice uh, yeah, nice yeah I'll, uh, let you guys know then when, when we get our Instagram stuff <laughs> every 35 you gotta come back uh, yeah. yep so Joe you're, you're a man of the people so let them know um 
Instagram, Joe Marinero. The O at the end is a zero because uh, someone stole my name. And uh, Joe M500 on Twitter and Facebook, everywhere else. If it's out there, I'm on it. Awesome. Well, thank you both for coming out. Thank you. Thanks it was for having awesome, me. man. And then, Josh, your, your time to shine, buddy. Oh, yeah. If you want to know where to find us, we're at local219 across the board, all platforms, except for Twitter, local underscore 219. Or just email us, alan at local219.tv or josh at local219.tv. Great job, as always, Josh. Um, give you a little bit of a bullet point. Uh, we will be having our Pints in the Park video coming out in the next day or two. So look forward to that. We have that just about wrapped up. And then other than that, have a safe holiday week, and we'll talk to you soon. Bye-bye.